Thanks for pressing play. You're listening to the Brody Windsor Group on Real Estate, the podcast for homeowners seeking guidance and support on everything related to owning a home. This includes much more than just buying or selling. We've got you covered for everything from mortgages and financing to home maintenance tips, renovation and design advice, and of course, the latest insights and analysis on what's happening in our local communities. Eric Soren has been a trusted mortgage professional based in Montreal, Quebec, with 17 years of industry experience. After spending 16 years working as a mortgage specialist for three of the big banking institutions here in our province, Eric decided that it was time to take his career to the next level. In late 2023, he joined the Vine Group, a boutique agency based out of Point Claire with branches across Canada. The Vine Group has relationships with over 60 lending institutions and provides financing solutions for clients across Canada. Eric, thanks for being on the show. We're really excited to have you here today. Uh, Eric and I first met back in 2006 when you were brand new in the business. Uh, we've quickly realized we had a lot in common, both personally and professionally. So Eric's been helping our clients with mortgage solutions for the last 17 years. That's right. Really happy to have you on the show. Uh, I think we're going to dive into a lot of great topics today. And uh, hopefully uh, our audience will get some, some good knowledge and education out of it. Thanks for having me. Um, so Eric, I think there's a lot of misconceptions, a lot of myths circling around the mortgage business. So I want to dive into a little bit of that today. Um, I know that you began your career with the three, with three different big banks, moving from one to the other through your career as a mortgage specialist. And you then last year decided to take the leap and become a mortgage broker. Uh, can you explain to our audience, what's the difference between a mortgage specialist and a mortgage broker? And why did you decide? at this point in your career that you wanted to take the leap and become a mortgage broker. Sure. So uh, again, thank you for having me. Uh, a mortgage specialist is a mortgage professional that works exclusively for one banner, one bank. So RBC, TD, Banque Nationale. Uh, a mortgage broker is an independent uh, contractor that works with multiple lenders and is also paid, is paid directly by the lenders. So exactly. I think that's, again, that, that leads me into like myth number one is people typically when they need mortgage solutions, their default reaction is to go and walk into their bank where they do their regular banking and say, hey, I need a mortgage. So then they would be either dealing with a bank uh, professional, like somebody who works at the branch or the branch will refer them to a mortgage specialist. But this is totally different from a mortgage broker, right? As a mortgage broker, I have access to over 60 lenders and can offer different type of solutions than let's say a bank would. Example, so examples would be uh, somebody whose credit maybe is not up to par. Uh, you also have people who might be self-employed. What are some of those instances when maybe some more creative financing might be in order? So one of the advantage of dealing with a mortgage broker is that we're a one-stop shop. So meaning I can do A credit, go with the big banks, I can do B lending, I can do private lending, and we also have a commercial team. So you could basically handle any kind of financing need. Do you guys do reverse mortgages as well? We do reverse mortgages as well, yes. Okay, I think we'll come back to that a little bit sure. later in the show, but I think reverse mortgages is something we're going to see yeah, a little there, bit there more There is of. a big need on the West Island for yeah. reverse mortgage. We're seeing more and more of that. With seniors, right? Yep. Exactly. Okay, so now when we when we talk about you having access to 60 lenders, you have access to the big banks, you also have access to some what we call B lenders and private lenders example. Yeah. I think the misconception might be out there is that if somebody chooses to go with a mortgage broker instead of a mortgage specialist, that they're going to pay more. That they that they actually that the 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 compensation that the mortgage 
broker is receiving must be built into the charge that the client gets. And and from my understanding, that's not the case at all. Can you so, explain that? So it's the opposite. So we have access to the lowest rates on the markets. So when I meet a client, I typically what I'll do is I'll profile the client, go over all their needs and wants, and then I'll, I'll ask them the question, do you want to stick with your bank? Would you like to stick with one of the top five big banks? Or is are you rate sensitive and do you want to go with absolutely the lowest rate? So it's really a question of what the client wants. So you're basically trying to tailor the specific lending package to the client. Exactly. So what would be um, some of the different products that you think might benefit people in certain situations? For example, somebody who's, uh, I don't know, maybe someone that's self-employed or maybe someone that doesn't have the best credit. Are there different, uh, and, and what's the process that one has to go through to get a, a mortgage pre-approval? So one of the things that clients don't uh, don't realize, and I, I, I get a lot of questions about is, my neighbor got this rate or my cousin got this rate. So rates are based on the, the specific client. So meaning the better the client, the lower the rate. So rates are based on the client's income, the loan to value, uh, the, uh, the size of the mortgage, and the client's credit score. So it's basically a, a global, um, you're going to look at all those different facets exactly. of what the client's position is financially. Yeah, and every client is different, right? So that's why there's always different rates out there. Okay, so a client might get a different rate based on the fact that they have more loan to value, better credit score. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the better the client, the lower the rate, the worse the client, the higher the rate. And by better client, you mean better credit score, exactly. higher income, less, yes. less, risk, for, less risk for the lender. Right? Yes, exactly. One of the things that we touch on time and time again in our business is the importance of doing your homework and being prepared upfront to avoid headaches down the road. Of course, this for our business is all about educating buyers and sellers on what the process is going to be and getting well prepared for that well in advance. I know on the lending side in our conversations, you and I over the years, yeah. this is one of your biggest challenges is getting clients to understand that they need to spend a little bit extra time up front, do the homework, i.e. get you the documents that you require yeah, exactly. in order to start to create that lending file. Can you talk a little bit about what some of the biggest mistakes you see around clients who A, maybe haven't gotten pre-approved, B, have uh, walked into a branch, spoken to somebody and got like a verbal, oh yeah, you're tech, based on what you've told me, you should be approved for X. Uh, talk to me a little bit about some of the nuts and bolts around what people should be doing before they even start to go out and look at homes. So let's, let's touch on the pre-approval process a bit. So there's basically two types of pre-approval as far as I'm concerned. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. And uh, the right way is basically you verify the, the client's uh, income. So I have all their income documents. We verify their down payment to make sure they have a 90 day history of their down payment. And we verify their credit to make sure there's no fraud or mistakes on the credit bureau, which does happen often. A fraud on their credit bureau or mistakes. or mistakes, mistakes that weren't removed from the credit bureau, which has affected their credit score. So should people go in and have a look at their own credit bureau before they even start I would, shopping? I would recommend that for sure. And so where they, can they do that? They can go on Equifax.ca or TransUnion. 
Ca. So they could pull their own credit, have a look, because I know you, you and I have talked about this. People have no idea yeah. that a loan they paid off 10 years ago is still sitting there on their credit report and could severely impact them when it yeah. comes time that they found their dream home, they want to make an offer. Oops, yeah. now they don't qualify. I had a client last week. Uh, he had a consumer proposal um, that was paid off three years ago, but one of the credit cards was still showing up as a write-off on his credit bureau, which negatively affected his uh, his credit score. So now we've we've had to uh, put his buying on hold while he uh, he repairs his credit. Wow! So there yeah. you go. That's got to have a huge impact. Yeah. So had that guy not gone and and done the pre-approval process, he wouldn't have found that out. Exactly. And you and I again talk about this all the time. Time and time again, uh, you'll be out on a Friday evening, ready to enjoy your weekend. <laughs> and like, inevitably, like you get a call work. or a text or an email from somebody panicking. Yeah. Eric, uh, my client, or it might be the client themselves, Eric, my wife and I have just gone and made an offer on a property. Uh, we don't have our pre-approval in place. Uh, can you get this done for us by Monday kind of thing or even sooner? And now everyone's in panic mode. So tell me a little bit about how that diving in to go and look and making offers on properties before you've done the homework up front, what usually happens? It happens quite often. So I would say pretty much every Friday between three and four o'clock, I'll get that call or that text and the client's in a panic. So in a perfect world, ideally before the client starts viewing properties, he should start the pre-approval process and have a pre-approval letter on hand. So once that pre-approval process has been done and you've issued him a letter, you've basically reviewed all of his paperwork, you've run the credit, you're ready to go. I've submitted it to my credit department, they've analyzed the application and, and the rate is locked in. Perfect. Now let's talk about rate, when you mentioned rates being locked in. What happens when rates are moving up or down during the process of being out there looking for a property? Uh, how does that affect things and what should people be aware of in terms of rates? I know there's the rate guarantee we hear all the time. So most lenders will guarantee a rate for 120 days. Okay. So, so from uh, the time you get your pre-approval, exactly. your rate's guaranteed for 120 for days. For 120 days. If ever the client doesn't uh, buy in that time frame, then we'll update the pre-approval and update his rate guarantee. Um, with the rate guarantee, the uh, if ever the rates drop the client will get the better better rate and obviously if the rates increase he's protected from those increases from those increases so that's really important yeah so another another big advantage of getting pre-approved the rate guarantee yeah and with with rates set to decline at least this is what we think is going to happen is what we seem to be hearing from uh economists and those in the in the know in the banking world are you hearing the same thing does it look like i know we've talked about this it seems like some fixed rates have already come down the the, the rates have uh, fixed rates have been gradually coming down over the last two months okay and we're i'd say we're pretty close to seeing a five-year fix below five percent yeah that's big yeah which yeah. is compared which to is nice were. yeah Okay, so so if somebody had got pre-approved a couple months ago at six point five, and they go to or whatever five point five, and they go to four point nine nine, as long as it's before they make their offer, they're going to be they're going to guarantee that they're going to get that new lower rate. I can actually update the rate even when they're at the notary. So up until the notary, um, when the notary requests the funds, I can update the rate. Really? So yeah. that could be up to a week before closing. You can update the rate. 
week, two a week, weeks. ten days, yeah, two depending weeks. on the notary. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good to know. Yeah. Interesting. Um, we touched a little bit on earlier on when we were chatting about uh, reverse mortgages. Uh, this is something you didn't really hear about for the last 20 years. It was kind of in the background. I heard a little bit about it, but I never really met anybody or came across anybody who was thinking of taking out a reverse mortgage. And from what I'm understanding and what I'm seeing and in talking to seniors, a lot of people after the pandemic have decided that they're wanting to stay much longer in their homes. Yeah. So people are sort of uh, senior proofing their homes, uh, maybe putting in a main floor bedroom, bathroom, maybe putting a lift on their stairs, looking at staying in their home rather than going into a retirement home or a nursing home, maybe having somebody come in to help them. How does a reverse mortgage help somebody like that? Like in the old days, right? You would, uh, not the old days, but typically what people would do is they reach into retirement they would look to sell their larger home, mm -hmm. pull out all that equity if their home was paid off and use that for their later years. Now, if people want to stay in their home for another 10, 15, 20 years longer than they were doing typically in the past, how does a reverse mortgage help them? So a reverse mortgage isn't for everyone. So ideally it's for uh, a senior who's on a, a fixed income yeah and like you said they're not ready to uh, to sell yet and they have their house paid or they have a small mortgage so we can uh, a reverse mortgage is essentially it's it's a mortgage that we refinance their home pull out their equity they can take it in a lump sum or monthly monthly disbursements if they'd like okay and it's based on it's not based on the client's income it's based on the value of his property and the age of the client so the older the client the 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 the, the larger the mortgage they'll uh, they'll lend okay and so yeah. so if i understand correctly then if your home is paid it's worth a million dollars you can borrow up to what eighty percent of the loan to value. No, the, it's closer to uh, usually about uh, fifty fifty five percent loan to value. Okay, so but so a depends. million dollar house, you could have access to like four or five hundred thousand dollars, depending where it's located. So you could then pull that out. The bank issues you an interest rate. Is the interest rate the same as typical lending rates, or are they higher? It's it's a little bit higher. There's okay. a setup fee of nine uh, nine hundred ninety five dollars. Okay, um, and the rate's usually about uh, a percent higher. And the advantage of a reverse mortgage is that there's no monthly payments. So the interest gets paid when the client sells the home or passes. Right. So that equity only or that, that loan only has to be paid back, as you said, exactly. upon sale of the property. So it's really for someone who uh, doesn't have the cash flow to stay in their home. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people like that, I think, with the cost of taxes rising. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the standard cost of, of living, cost, cost of, of living has gone through the roof. And the a lot of seniors living on a fixed income yeah. who would like to stay in their house and the reverse mortgage allows them to do that. Exactly. And we're also seeing um, uh, parents who want to do an early inheritance using the reverse mortgage. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. explain that a little bit. So, like, same so process, same, same, same principle. Same, it's the same process, same thing. Uh, also, parents who want to uh, gift their children for their first home. They'll uh, use a reverse mortgage and uh, pull, that pull that equity. equity. Exactly. Give there's that no, to their so there's kids. No, there's no payments for them until they sell the home. And so I guess, would there be any tax implication to that? No, it's a gift, right? Yeah. So they're allowed, they can yeah, access the equity in their, in their yeah. principal residence, yeah. gift that to their children yeah. tax-free. Their exactly. kids can then use that for the down payment for their first home. Yeah. So and like you said, it, it essentially becomes like an early inheritance to allow exactly. them to get into the, the market. Exactly. For the parents, there's no, there's no monthly obligation. Oh, okay. And the estate ends up 
versus doing a home equity line of credit would mean they would have to refinance the house, pull the money out, but then they have to make monthly payments. Exactly. All right. I'd like to change gears a little bit and talk a little right. bit about uh, rates and terms. This is something where I think a lot of people get mixed up. Uh, we deal with a lot of first-time home buyers, even move-up buyers, downsizers who uh, are seem to be fixated on the rate and pay less attention to the term. They pay less attention to the different aspects of a certain mortgage product that are going to affect them when life happens, right? Divorce, breakups, death, job transfer. Um, talk to us a little bit about some of the mistakes you see or some of the things to be more aware of when thinking about, I want to get a, I'm shopping for a home, uh, looking at mortgages, comparing one lender to another, one mortgage specialist to another. Uh, I know a lot of people just focus on the rate. What are some of the other things people should be aware of? So um, when, when clients are shopping for a mortgage, what's really important is for the mortgage to be flexible. So meaning... They're able to port the mortgage if ever they sell their home so they can bring the mortgage to another home to avoid a penalty. Yeah. Um, they won't have a mortgage that can be assumable. So meaning if ever they sell the house, the buyer can assume their mortgage. They want to be able to uh, accelerate their payments to pay less interest if they choose so. Um, they want to be able to uh, do lump sum payments to, again, bring down the uh, interest and, and speed up the... Uh, can you delve a little bit deeper into explain explain to people like in layman's terms what does it mean to accelerate payments? So accelerate payments is you can you can double up your depending on the lender lenders have different uh, prepayment options. Okay. So a popular one would be a lump sum payment, you know, typically between ten and twenty percent of the original mortgage, and some lenders will allow you to pay up to doubling up your monthly payment. So if your monthly payment's two thousand a month, you can double it to four. Exactly. Depending and then there on are the different. Rate. Then there are different uh, plans upon uh, based on how you pay it back, right? You can pay it monthly, twelve payments. Yeah. Then what are some of the other options? So the other options you could do weekly, you could do biweekly, you can do semi-monthly, you can do monthly. Lots of different payment options. And so, the weekly payment would mean you're paying a tiny bit more over the over the this the entire year because you've got 52 payments instead of 12 so typically there's a little bit more payment that goes in but you don't really feel it right it's exactly but it's 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 very similar typically what the client wants to do is um, usually follow what their pay schedule is that's how clients typically choose so if they their, get paid every two term. weeks they want their mortgage payment to come out every two exactly. weeks exactly is it true that they would save some money in the long term same some interest in the long term of the mortgage a little bit it's not it's not a huge amount it's really what they're comfortable with with their their with their um their pay cycle okay and uh and you can always change your uh your your uh payment frequency so you, so can, you can start off at weekly and then you decide you want to go monthly whatever's more you, convenient you, you call up your lender and they can they can modify that for you okay what you can't change is your amortization you'd have to go back to the notary to change your amortization so amortization is how the loan is amortized so it's usually 15 it's life of the, life 20 of the 25 and now you can get as high as a 30-year amortization correct exactly so that means it would take 30 years to pay off the loan but you you're so you're going to be end up paying more interest in the long run but your payments will be lower 
Exactly. <clears throat> but you can also accelerate your payment. So you could take a 30 year amortization and try to you know take benefits of the, the prepayment options that that lender has. So would that effectively bring your amortization back down? It, it could. Yes, exactly. Hmm, interesting. So then if you're in a position where cash flow is tight, you might take a 30 year amortization knowing that you're going to get a raise in, in a year. And then you could start to double up every second payment once you're making more money and exactly. essentially bring that amortization down without having to go back to the notary and renegotiate the loan. Exactly. So let's explain in layman's terms a little bit for the audience what this, uh, aside from the three month penalty, you would get on a, on a standard variable mortgage. Mm -hmm. On the fixed mortgages, you hear about this in the three month penalty or the interest rate differential. So essentially what that means is what? It means that the banks will charge you the higher of the two. So either three months interest or an interest rate differential. And when, when rates are decreasing, penalties are increasing, which means you'll be hit with an interest rate differential penalty. Yeah, because I've heard, I've heard some clients going through pretty significantly large penalties, if, especially if they took a five-year term. Exactly. And life happens, the breakup, the divorce, the job transfer after one or two years. Uh, that leads me into another question and something that I get asked quite a lot, and I know you do as well. Uh, given the affordability crisis we're going through in this country with real estate and, and young people having a really hard time getting into the market. Um, <clears throat> I know a lot of uh, parents have come to me and said, look, I'd like to help my son or my daughter get into the real estate market. So I'd like to help them buy their first property. Um, what advice would you give around helping a young person get into the market, whether they're single or whether they happen to have a partner, whether it's a boyfriend or, or spouse, what are some of the mistakes you see and what are some of the things to be aware of? Well, I think one of the biggest mistakes that first time buyers make when they're, they're buying together is not everyone has an equal down payment, right? So you have, uh, you know, uh, spouse A has a $20,000 down payment, spouse B has a $60,000 down payment and they don't put anything in writing at the notary. So fast forward three years from now, they break up and they don't have anything in writing about the penalty. And then it's a mess. Uh, exactly. How does the property get split? So again, this is where the parents are concerned about, okay, if I help uh, my son or daughter buy a property with their significant other, we've heard some of them even say, well, I'd like to co-sign and be a co-owner on the property or I'm going to give my kid some, uh, some money and uh, gifting, right? So what do you think is probably the better way to go? Is it co-sign for a property or do the gifting? The disadvantage of co-signing for, for your child is a, it, it affects your, for your, uh, your future buying power. Yeah. In case power. you want to buy on your credit. Yeah. In case, cause you're liable for the property. And if ever um, they default on, on the mortgage, you won't be aware of it because you're a guarantor and you're not on the mortgage. You're not, you're not, a, you're not a borrower, you're a guarantor. Exactly. So if, so if one spouse screws off and the payments start, so it could have negatively affect, negatively affect your credit then. Exactly. So a lot of pitfalls, a lot of possible uh, scenarios where things could go sideways. Also, yeah. is there anything to do with taxation that comes into play? I guess that would be a question for an accountant, but That'd I would assume if you're becoming an owner on a property, another property, when it comes time to sell exactly. that property, could tr trigger a capital gain. Yeah. So I think we agree that gifting is probably the better way to go. How much is if a parent possible. allowed to gift to their child? 
Do I need there's no there's no limit. No for, limit. There's no limit. For no gift. tax on it. No tax on it. No limit. So currently in Canada, you can gift your child the down payment, a big one if you want. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I think it's it makes much more sense to from a legal perspective meet with your notary before getting into a scenario where you're helping your child buy a home and make sure that a, you're a, properly protected. A, yeah, an agreement is drawn up, right? An agreement exactly. can be drawn up by a notary to make sure all parties are protected so that upon dissolution of the relationship or upon sale of the property, it's very clear, it's in writing what's gonna happen with your down payment or the money you've gifted yeah. to your child and how the the, the, the property and, and equity that's gonna, you know, yeah, be, exactly. how that's gonna be dispersed. Exactly. Okay. Good advice. And the other the other advantage of giving the down payment is sometimes the lender will uh, force the parent to be on title. Um, let's talk about um, circle back a little bit on uh, renewals. Uh, I know I'm coming up in March. I got to renew the mortgage on my home. Um, got a lot of clients who are up for renewal. Mm -hmm. Have been recently. We've heard about it in the news yeah. that uh, I don't know, millions of Canadians are going to be having to renew yeah. their mortgages in 2024 and 2025. We're obviously it's a it's a big uh, it's a big conversation point because as we know we were locked in at two percent and now we're having to renew and rates are much higher. So I think there it's more important now. It's more critical and people are thinking a little bit more about it. But we still see people making a ton of mistakes when it comes time that their mortgage is up for renewal. Uh, what are you seeing out there? Uh, what are some of the mistakes you're seeing? And what should people be, be doing and thinking about in preparing for that mortgage renewal? How long should they, before that renewal comes up, when should they start thinking about things? Typically what will happen is their bank will send them a notice 120 days prior to the renewal date. What, what I'm seeing is most clients are ignoring the the renewal notice and are waiting till the last minute and then handcuffing themselves where they don't have time to negotiate with another lender and end up paying a higher interest rate at their current bank right. or lender. Yeah, I see that one all the time. So what's important is once you receive that renewal uh, notice, notice is to start the process and you know engage with another lender or a mortgage broker or your or another bank and start the negotiation process and do your rate shopping yeah get a second make, opinion or a third opinion to make sure that uh you're you know the, the rate you're being offered is competitive and not only the rate as you discussed previously the product exactly the term the portability the penalties yeah. the payback options yeah so i think my experience is, and I think the advice for everybody out there should be, uh, don't just go back and automatically renew with your bank. It's the easy path. We all yeah. know that. You yeah. don't have to provide more paperwork. You don't have to go back to the notary. Yeah. You don't have to. You can just go ahead, re-sign with them. Yeah. But most likely, you're going to end up regretting it because you're probably not going to get as competitive a rate. And you may not be getting the advice from a mortgage advisor such as yourself, to say, hey, have you thought about X? Have you thought about Y? Exactly. So sit down with somebody, review the file, um, but there's headaches involved, right? There's that pain point we talked about. So talk to me about the pain point and why most people uh, neglect doing this um, and take the easier route. So the advantage, obviously, of renewing with your with your current lender is it's easy peasy. You, you check off the box, you're instantly renewed. Yeah. So that's the easy route. 
if you want to switch lenders, it, it's a new application. So meaning you're going to have to provide all of your income documents. You're going to have to provide municipal and school tax bills, uh, proof of your assets, and so forth. So yes, there is work involved. Notices of assessment. Notices of assessment. That nobody letter, can ever find. Letter of employment, <laughs> et cetera. <laughs> but there's a strong chance you're going to be getting a much lower rate. Absolutely. Than than what you're receiving from your current lender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I can uh, I'd certainly concur. I've been through this process myself. It's quite a bit of uh, jumping through some hoops to go and find all the paperwork and get it to you or to your lender. But once it's done, you're ready to go and you're going to be a little bit more secure in knowing that you've shopped around a little bit. You've probably got the best rate, and and then getting advice too. It's like uh, which term to take? Yeah. Should I just lock in for a five-year fixed, which is you're hearing quite a bit, I think, being pushed by a lot of lenders. Mm -hmm. Not going to name any names, but maybe they you quite haven't you you haven't quite gotten the the right advice in terms of maybe it might be worth looking at a different product, maybe the variable if rates are going to be declining, yeah. uh, and and assessing your risk tolerance for. The different and every of, client's situation is different, right? Yeah. So one client might need the five-year fix, but another client might need a two-year fix. Exactly. Yeah. So it's important to get the proper advice yeah. and to give yourself enough time that if you do want to transfer to another lender, you 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 have all your paperwork in order, and the process usually takes a few weeks. So, and another myth I I've heard before is that people are worried about pulling their credit multiple times for a mortgage application. Can you speak to the fact that if the credit bureau sees that you're pulling credit for a mortgage application, it's if you're, if you're a pulling the credit, if you're doing multiple credit pulls uh, within a 30 day period, it's not going to affect your, doesn't affect your, your it's not going to affect your credit. Also, the advantage of dealing with a mortgage broker is we can use your, your credit report for multiple, I can submit to multiple lenders at the same time with one credit with report one, with one credit report. Ah, okay, yeah, that's yeah. a good advantage. Awesome. Yeah. And also, if ever so, when you're when you're renewing your when you're transferring over at renewal, let's say for example you're 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 leaving your uh, your bank to go to another lender, and the rates drop, that's an advantage of transferring over because once you renew, if the rates drop, you you, you can't take advantage of it. But if you're transferring to another lender 120 days prior and rates drop. You're, you're protected if the rates go up, but if the rates drop, you're gonna get the lower rate. Okay, hold on, so let me back up. So if, so if I'm renewing with my bank and I've, I, uh, they send me the notice, I say, let's go ahead and renew on the rates they've given me, I'm locked in at that rate. Exactly, they're, 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 they're gonna activate your new mortgage right days, away. days later, yeah. Oh, versus changing it, institutions, exactly. you get that rate guarantee. So if they drop up to two weeks before signing, exactly. you take it. Oh, okay. And if they increase, you're protected. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's important. Yeah. With a, with a, with your, if you just renew with your current lender and they increase, you'd be, you'd still be locked in at what you signed. Exactly. Right? Yes. Okay. So you'd be protected. There. Yeah. You sign the renewal notice and then a few days later they activate your new and mortgage. And that's where you're at. Okay. Yeah. And, and you can renegotiate your mortgage up to six months before the end of the term, correct? Every lender is different. Oh, every lender is different. Yeah. Okay. Some will send a, it's six months, some it's 120 days. Okay. Okay. Depending on the lender. Right. Okay. So that's something to check as well. It's where rates are. Oh, rates. Where yeah, rates yeah. are heading. Yeah. 
Okay, well, that was super interesting. Uh, I want to change gears a little bit. Um, what do you see happening and what are the trends? What are things to be aware of? Think about, keep your eyes open for 2024. What do you see on the lending landscape? So listen, no one has a crystal ball. And um, right now, rates are trending downwards. Fixed rates are tied into the bond market. Yeah. And if you talk to uh, any financial planner right now, um, it's looking like 2024, there's going to be uh, significant rate reductions. We're looking at possibly one and a half to 2% drop over the next year, year and a half on fixed rates. So based on what we learned today, it might be a good idea to get the mortgage pre-approval done if you're out shopping. You know, of course, most important, don't go out shopping for homes without your pre-approval done. Mm -hmm. And just stay on top of seeing where rates are going and benefit from any rate drops up yeah. until the day that you close. Yeah, I would be going short-term right now or five-year closed variable. You would be going short-term or five-year closed variable? This is what variable. I would recommend. Right now. Gambling that today. That it looks like rates are going to be on the way down. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, super interesting. Well, Eric, thank you very much for coming in today. Thank you for having me. There was a ton of great information there. Thank you. A little you. bit behind the curtain on lending. Um, if any of you have any questions, um, we're going to put Eric's contact information down below. As I said, he's got offers all kinds of solutions for for borrowing, for 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 financing, um, and his group handles clients right across Canada. I've worked with Eric personally for years now, and our, many of our clients have always been very happy with his service. He takes an advisory approach, which we really appreciate. And we'll take the time to sit down and talk you through all the different things you need to be aware of. So uh, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. All right.